Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Be a part of the best pro wrestling podcast today by supporting the Going In Raw Patreon. You can enjoy access to the live taping of the show, exclusive merchandise, and patron-only episodes, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. Hey, friendo, Steve here. Hey, Larson. Hey, welcome to Matt Chat. It's still in its infancy. I have final form in my head. And we talk about all that. And the we're going to be getting office space soon, and Matt Chat will become a reality in the way that Steve envisions it. Larson, very yeah, excited. Yeah. Are you excited this about is, that? This is a partnership and a collaboration, so we should be discussing all these things. It shouldn't be a unilateral decision. I like that you're on board with me. Anyways, this is Matt Chat, the debate show, the wrestling debate show, where we invite our twenty dollar and up patrons at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson to send us their video debate questions. And then me and Larson will debate them is what we do here in the show. We're also available at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash going in raw, where we have a really great not Baron Corbin shirt up right now. Hey, 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 you're not me. You're not me. Anyways. A bunch uh, of other cool designs, more to mm-hmm. come. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but let's hop right into today's uh, debating uh, trash heap of debate questions. There's a lot of them. Yeah, we got a lot well, of questions. Not, it's not a trash heap. There's a lot of good questions. Oh, some quality questions. A cornucopia of quality questions. A plethora of trash today on Patreon chat. Let's first up from Jason Balderson. Hey there, Stephen Larson. It's just Jay here again with another quick map chat question. So after recently hearing Daniel Bryan saying he's 85% certain he's going to wrestle again, my question for you this week is quite a simple one. Do you think he should? Yes or no? Let me know what you guys think. Thank you, Jason Balderson. Thank you, Jason. Um, Would you like to go first? Yeah, no, man. Of course, no. No. Jason, I mean, uh, Daniel Bryan should definitely not. No. Should not. I know he's probably going to. Bad idea. He has a kid. I wouldn't. I, dude, I, I don't even like leaving the house because if, you know, something happened to me, Alabama had to be raised by, you know, like my wife and a bunch of other people. I don't know. No way. You know, you don't want to. You don't want a dad with like a, a slow brain. You know what I mean? Like he goes out there and does a match, and he hits his head wrong. Bah! You know, he starts drooling, throwing up everywhere. Blood comes out. He's got a kid now. He's probably going to have a couple more, assuming his you know seed works, um, which it might not if he wrestles again. So, I think it's a terrible idea. He's had enough people tell him that it's a bad idea. 
So if he goes out and finds some classified ad quack head string, head guy to look at his head and say, yeah, go ahead, Meh, wrong answer, keep it safe. Keep it safe. That's what you do. That's your whole point? Keep, keep it, it safe. safe. Keep it safe, Daniel Bryan. Don't wrestle again. You don't need to. You have plenty of money. WWE can still use you as a GM. Who don't want to do that? You know, he's got that SmackDown talk. Was that SmackDown talk show that he's got after SmackDown? Well, it's not anymore. It was Talking Smack, but it doesn't exist anymore. Really? Yeah. They got rid of that? Mm-hmm. It's one less thing for him. He could, one less thing he could potentially do with WWE. What a bummer. He could do the same thing for Ring of Honor. Just Joe commentary desk next to Colt Cabana and that other guy they have. Those are all good options. Don't wrestle again. I don't know why anybody wrestles. It's crazy. They get hurt a lot. They do. You know, I was telling Mark when we were at the uh, at the house show. Yeah. We went to. I was like, look at those guys. They take like 20, 30, 40 bumps per match, right? If I took one of those bumps, like any, you, you take one oh, of those bumps. You'd be laid up for a week. You take any of those bumps for any normal person, that's a big deal to them. Mm-hmm. You, you're gone from work for a couple of weeks. And what happened? I fell on my back. On three quarters of an inch of padding. And that's normal. On top like, of plywood. People would be like, wow, you fell in, in, on your back? Yeah, I fell flat on my back. And that would be normal for you to be out of work for weeks. Well, it depends on what, what you fell on. Like, if you fell, if you took a flat back bump on your bed, you won't be out of work for a week. Well, nobody falls in their bed. Why would you fall on your bed? Maybe just... Said I'm exhausted and fall back on your bed because it's oh comforting. no that's good though yeah that's I know. fun but you you didn't you gotta you gotta you know provide on the some same, on the same type of surface <laughs> that those wrestlers take bumps on any normal person does that plywood with about three quarters of an inch worth of padding you're yes. out man you're out anyways no is that all you got of course he shouldn't wrestle again he's got a family why would you, you know wrestling's for people who don't care don't have families that's you know entirely not true <laughs> you go you go ahead and tell us tell us a good case for why Daniel Bryan should put his give you family case, at risk. I'm going to give you a case why he should be given the option to choose whether he wants to wrestle or not. Okay. It shouldn't be forcefully taken away from him. Um, uh, here's the thing. If he is fully informed, if doctors have cleared him, reputable doctors have cleared him. What? They haven't, they haven't cleared him. He says, like, pretty much every doctor except one has cleared him. Wishful thinking. Assuming, here's the major thing, though. Assuming he is fully informed of the potential dangers and consequences of what could happen if he were to continue his wrestling career, and he is willing to accept those consequences as well as Bree, then he should be given the choice to pursue his career further. Do you know what a pack lad is? You bring this up again, huh? He's going to look like, he's going to be acting no, like this not. guy. He's going to be acting like a pack lad. He should be given the choice whether he wants to do it or not. I, I've been a Daniel Bryan fan for many years. Oh, I, love Daniel I would Bryan. love to see him back in the ring. And selfish. You're selfish. Let me finish. No, I'm not selfish. I'm not going to say he should or... I'm not going to say definitively he should or shouldn't. I'm saying the choice should be his. He shouldn't. The choice should be his. Yeah, but he definitely shouldn't. No, I'm not going to say either way. Yeah. If he's willing to accept the consequences okay, of further so brain injury... Are you a doctor? No. Then what do you know? I'm not prescribing he anything. shouldn't wrestle. I'm saying if he's willing to accept the consequences of whatever may happen... That's his choice. If he's willing to live with the choices he makes, and he, that involves wrestling further, then yes, he should be given that opportunity. He just needs somebody to straight talk him. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm sure he's had plenty of people go to him and say, well, da- well Brian Vin- Danielson. Vince probably called him and said, Daniel, well, uh, when you do retire, you probably shouldn't be wrestling anymore. And he was like, he probably should have said, man, thank you, Vince. You just saved my life. Click. What a imagine smart guy that Vince McMahon imagine, is. Imagine you had an injury to your larynx. You couldn't mm-hmm. talk for a sustained amount of time. Yeah. 
which means you couldn't do our job now. Oh, sure. Um, would you try to find ways to still be able to do the job the thing you're most passionate about in your life? No. I'd start drawing again. I'd make comic books. How'd that go for you the first time? <laughs> Not very good. Next up, we got Lawrence Eaton to, for, who has a question. Let's see what Lawrence has to Talk about pack leads. Let's see what Lawrence has to say. What's going on, friendos? My question today for Matt Chat is about what's best for business. Now, we all know that there are two possible matches for WrestleMania, AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Larson, I want you to debate the side that Shinsuke versus AJ is best for business, and Steve, I want you to debate that Brock versus Roman is best for business. Thank guys. Too sweet. I was referring to myself as a pack lead, not Lawrence. Yes. Thank you, Lawrence. Thank you, Lawrence. Uh, what's best for business? AJ, Shinsuke? Oh, it's Brock Roman. Oh, you go first. I go first. Okay. <sighs> can't you see? Look at that. You can't even explain this one. No, there's a lot of questions. I'm trying to remember what points I had laid out for each of them. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> Can you please get that off the screen? No, I'm put it right there. Oh, my goodness. Um, so... Uh, uh, the idea of booking Brock Roman, uh, probably more than anything, is to create a main event for WrestleMania that'll appeal to more casual fans. Brock Lesnar is a crossover star. He appeals to not only wrestling fans, potentially MMA fans, yeah. uh, sports fans in general. Yeah, that's why it's a perfect answer. Let me finish. Okay. But um, the spectacle of WrestleMania, I think, draws in casual eyes at a fairly decent clip. I would suspect it's generally the highest, you know, back when buy rates for pay-per-views were a thing, it was the highest bought pay-per-view every year because people, even our own channel, we see interest across the board sure. pick up around WrestleMania season because it's, you know, like the, the, the grandest spectacle in the entire wrestling business. When a WrestleMania rolls around, if you're casually interested in wrestling, you're probably going to just check in to see what's going on. So I don't know how much, especially given how much uh, uh, general indifference at best, hardcore wrestling fans team, seem to show Roman Reigns. I don't know how much difference a Brock-Roman Reigns match is going to make in terms of bringing in casual viewers. Um, I do know that wrestling fans who pay attention to wrestling every week, they want to see a match as a main event of Mania, and that's AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. That's the match that most wrestling fans want to see. And if they want to... Uh, not only wrestling fans of WWE, but wrestling fans in general. That's a dream match. Yes, we've seen it in New Japan at Wrestle Kingdom 11. 10. 10. 11? 10. 10. 10. We're coming up to 12. Yes, 10. 10. Um, but, you know, unless you're, you're, you're ponying up every month for New Japan World, you might not have seen it. I still haven't seen the entire match. I've seen most of it. Oh, it's so good. But I haven't seen the entire I've thing. I've seen it a couple times. I know you love that match. So it's maybe and you know, you know the quality of match that they can put on. <sighs> Who knows that WWE will allow them to do everything they can do, but you know it, it, they could tell a, a captivating story in the ring that's hard-hitting, featuring amazing acts of athleticism that can wow a crowd. And yeah, Brock versus Roman might bring some casual viewers, maybe, but nothing they're going to do is going to wow the crowd quite like what AJ and Nakamura could do. And I think for that reason, if they push that match, I know it's not going to close the show. I know it's been in stone for a year that Brock and Roman is going to close the show. But if they push, and they've already laid the, the groundwork for it, they're laying the groundwork for AJ Nakamura. If they push that match and make it seem like it's a massive, massive deal, it's going to bring in 
maybe some lapsed WWE fans because they know of AJ's work in not only WWE, but TNA in New Japan. They know of Nakamura's work in New Japan. They might be willing to say, okay, I'm not a huge fan of WWE's product right now, but these two guys are awesome. I want to see what they can do. I'm going to pony up for, for a network subscription for free trial period to watch WrestleMania because I'm going to see what these two guys can do on the grandest stage of, of them all. So that's why I think AJ and Shinsuke is best for business. Well, look, AJ Shinsuke is obviously the match that you and I both want to see. We both want to see it for the WWE title. And that's, you know, that that's the, their match at Wrestle Kingdom 12. Ten. ten. I'm pretty sure it's ten. Yeah, it's ten. I was just joking. Um, is maybe one of my favorite matches. I mean, it's one of my favorite matches of all time. Maybe my favorite match of all time. It's so good. However, this Brock versus Roman thing is an experiment that is three, four, five years in the making. It has been an experiment, an obsession of Vince McMahon's for a very, very, very long time. There are myriad reasons why this is best for business. Number one simply to get it done with and out of the way so we can figure out what happens after Brock versus Roman. This is something that we were going to get at WrestleMania 31. They decided not to pull the trigger on it, and instead we got Seth Rollins in that role and as, as a top WWE heel at the time in a fantastic title run, which ended prematurely when he uh, busted up his uh, knee there with Kane. Um, and that was very sad. But this Roman thing right now, which, in my opinion, they are actually booking absolutely correctly with the Shield, this is the time to do it. Because he has the Shield with him, the Shield right now is probably the most overact in the WWE. That's why they're taking on the other most overact in the WWE, the New Day in Two Days at Survivor Series. However, given the heat that's on the shield right now, the, 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 the face heat, the fans are all over it, Roman Reigns going into WrestleMania, if they do this correctly, could be one of the hotter things going in the company. There might be a lot of even hardcore fan interest in this Roman Brock match, assuming they do it properly, they build it properly, which I think they've actually been doing a pretty decent job of. Um... And the bottom line is, you said at the beginning of your argument, Brock pops ratings. Brock brings in subscribers. Roman isn't there yet, but he's as there as AJ Styles and definitely way more than Shinsuke Nakamura at this point. And that's not a knock on Shinsuke Nakamura. You and I both know they have not built Shinsuke Nakamura to the point that they should. And that also worries me. It's not so easy just to, as you say, make this feel like a big deal. They have been incapable of making Shinsuke Nakamura feel like a big deal from when he arrived from NXT. They have been incapable of doing it. And so thinking they can all of a sudden turn a switch and have that happen as the main thing to push, as opposed to Brock Roman, I think is giving them, the WWE creative, a little too much credit. So until then... Brock Roman, that's the way to go. That's going to be the marquee matchup. This is a match that, I mean, if nothing else, I honestly think that even the hardcore fans are going to want to see this just to see it be done with. I mean, you do get sort of a, uh, if you're going to be there at WrestleMania, you get 
that special feeling of, man, this has been a long time coming. If nothing else, if nothing else, we have known for so long that this is what Brock Roman has been building to, or that's that's what, you know, the A story Brock Lesnar has been building to, and then Roman Reigns on the other side of that has been building to. We're going to get to see that, and for that reason alone, the fact that this is something that the WWE's wanted. Okay, let's see what you let's see what you can do with this. Let's finally see what you can do with this. In my opinion, and on top of that, sort of piggybacking on your point, will they let AJ Shinsuke take it to the next level from where they had it at Wrestle Kingdom 10? I don't believe they're going to let them do that. I would love to think, and I do believe that they are two competitors who can put on something unique, its own story that can be told in the confines of WWE style, and I think it's going to be an amazing match. It's going to be my most anticipated match going into it. But Brock Roman's going to be up there simply to see what is the big deal that you guys have been waiting all this time, all this build. What's the big deal here? Let's take a look. Are you, you yeah, done? pretty much. Okay, okay. Let's say, uh... Vince has pretty much mortgaged the, the entire future of his company on Roman Reigns, and so far it hasn't really paid any dividends. Um, that's not that, – that's a loaded statement. That's a loaded statement. He's mortgaged a lot on John Cena and Brock Lesnar. Yeah, in terms, well, yeah, in terms of most of the present, but building up Reigns to be the next top guy, to be the next Cena, he is – a lot of other talents that probably could have filled that role, he's bypassed in lieu of Reigns. I mean, if you're looking at WWE roster right now and say, if you ask me, who's the one guy that could be the next John Cena? I wouldn't say Roman Reigns. I would say Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is better in the ring. He's better on the mic. He's charismatic as hell. Uh, I can see him crossing over into movies, TV, all sorts of stuff. Okay, let me. I can't say the same thing for Roman Reigns though. Here's the thing, though. I look. You you know, I love Seth Rollins. Mm -hmm. I love him. He's been a face for how long now? Like, yeah, maybe if they put him in that same spot, and I agree with that completely. If they put Seth Rollins in the same spot as they had Roman Reigns, having him beat everybody, yeah, right? Although they can't even give Seth a finish that everybody's happy with. Um, I mean, I, I, we don't know what would happen. We, we have, yeah, no, we have idea no idea if, if he's capable of that. Um, would I have preferred them push any number of people over Roman Reigns? Was Raw last week, really, you know, not this past week, but the week before, Roman's gone, did we both admit, yeah, it was a lot more exciting without Roman yeah. Reigns? Because he slows things down. Yes. I'm totally on, on, on the same page with all that. But, man, we've come this far. They're not going to pull the plug now. No, I know. But here's, my damn thing. here's my concern. Here, oh, hold on a second. Here's my concern. If they all of a sudden decided, oh, this isn't best for business. Let's go with AJ Shinsuke. That's just going to land us in the same spot we were at after 31. Because they're just going to want to do it again. They're never going to get that feeling of Vince is never going to know for sure, well, what would have happened had we put Roman in, in there with Brock? I kept on, you know, I was going to do it in 20, what was it, 14, 2015? 15. Whatever. 2015. Okay, yeah, yeah, 2015. And then I was going to do it again in 2017. Instead, I went with AJ Shinsuke, and I decided to put Brock in a tag match with, I don't know, James Ellsworth. Um. He has. They have to just get this out of the way for everybody's good. And I think there is going to be a fascination for that match on that basis alone. Here's my worry, though, too. Is there, there going to be a breaking point where enough people say, all right, I'm seriously tired of this Roman Reigns thing. I'm done. Have you reached it already? Or is there a point where people will be like just so fed up with the feeling that Roman Reigns is being shoved on them that they're going to say, 
I'm done with WWE. Well, I mean, okay, here's the thing. If that's the case, that's sad. Because we do have AJ versus Shinsuke. Yeah, there's so much up. other stuff that's good going on WWE. You should yeah. just stop watching the product if, because of one wrestler. Yeah, I agree. If your point is, okay, we know that Vince considers at this point the universal title. Whatever Brock is holding, that's the topic. If Brock held the, ti- if, if Brock held the meatloaf title, that'd be the title to beat. Yeah. You know? we, get, yeah. we get that. And so, yes, they're pushing this as their A story. And Roman Reigns is being pushed as protagonist of a story. And I, I totally accept your point. Will there be a point where people will drop out? There might. I mean, we might have reached that point. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know either. Um, what will be telling, I think, most of all is, I think a lot of, I speculate. I think there might be people holding with uh, bated breath to see what happens after Rock, Brock Roman. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what that's going to be. Is it going to be three years? I, I would suspect that if Roman continues to be booked the way he is in as, I'm going to say, boring fashion as he is with his matches, because they're boring. Yeah, for the you know, they're, they're at least with, hey, at least with Goldberg, I'm sorry, at least with Brock, we've had the Goldberg stuff from a year ago. We had, <clears throat> at least with the build-up Samoa Joe, we had Braun Strowman. The build-up again, yes. The build-up. The finishes to both those matches were not great, um, but it, it, it served the purpose of bringing Brock together with Roman, the immovable object, the unstoppable force, et cetera, et cetera. And so I think that if he's just got that title and it's plain as day and obvious that it's not going anywhere and they're not going to do anything interesting with it, I think we'll reach the point then. I think until the, the majority of people have seen Roman Brock and how that plays out, I think they're probably going to want to know, okay, well, how is this going to play out? And then I'll make my decision. That's my guess. All right. I mean, the bottom line, you know, the proof is going to be in the ratings. If the ratings fall off a cliff or if they start to steadily decline, then we'll start hearing, well, Vince isn't huge on the Roman experiment. He feels like it's failed. He thinks that now he needs to turn to somebody else and we have to find that other guy. Yeah. So we'll see. Next from Liam Wagner. What's going on, friendos? This is your boy Liam Wagner coming live from beautiful, beautiful, not so beautiful South Jersey. My first video question. Triple H is back. He's going to be wrestling Survivor Series. He's going to be wrestling in India. WrestleMania is going to be coming up. He's probably going to wrestle in there. My question for you, Steven Larson, who's it going to be? Who's Triple H going to be going against at this year's WrestleMania? Last year he faced Seth Rollins. Then year before Roman Reigns. I have two picks. First pick, Kurt Angle. Second pick, Kevin Owens. Have at it. Go Eagles. Thank you, Liam. Thank you, Liam. Uh, so, Triple H, the game. I find it funny that it would be a WrestleMania. Uh, it should be Kurt Angle. Honestly, I say that simply because this past Monday Night Raw seemed to set up their WrestleMania. It's pretty obvious that it's going to be. Could you take it as early as uh, the Royal Rumble and then hand it off to Kevin Owens? Maybe. I just feel like that is a Mania matchup. I think Kurt Angle's first singles match probably going to come at Mania against Triple H. Um... I think that the, if the Jason Jordan, Kurt Angle storyline is handled correctly, and by the way, there is a danger that it will not be. You have a you have a real danger. They have a real. Um, there is the potential that the the heat that Jason Jordan has with that crowd clowning him could transfer over to Kurt Angle if they don't play this right. Because if Kurt Angle is sitting there wanting to coddle little Jason Jordan. After Triple H pedigreed him through the ground 
with the ch- crowd chanting yes and thank you and pedigree, then some of that might rub off on Kurt Angle. They're gonna they're gonna need if handled wrong. Remember when Triple it, it H had to be disastrously wrong. Hey, you know what? You know all it needs, and we've seen this before. Triple H throwing a couple of crotch chops. He starts doing that, then he's gonna be looking for the face heat. That's him trying to get the crowd on his side, whether he likes it. I mean, whether he intends that to be intends the case or not, it or not, whether he fully comprehends that. When you start crotch chopping Jason Jordan, you're kind of cross chopping Kurt Angle. He has to be very careful. We need to see the Triple H with the sledgehammer, with um, you know all that stuff. And I, I imagine that Triple H is smart enough to understand that Kurt Angle get going over is best for business. Yeah, but he has to be really careful on the path getting there that he doesn't bury Kurt Angle. I think that's that, that's an absolute money matchup, especially with the build they could present because people still love Kurt Angle. It's just they want no part of Jason Jordan. Yeah. So. Well, at least to face Jason Jordan. Yeah. Um, it seems plainly obvious it's going to be Triple H and Kurt Angle at WrestleMania. However, I think uh, Kurt or Kevin Owens might be the better option. Uh, go back um, more than a year ago when uh, Triple H handed the Universal title to Kevin Owens. Oh, that was so fun. That was great. Um, and he more or less anointed him as next top guy, his next top guy, yeah. more or less replacing Seth Rollins. Um, and we kind of got a few between Rollins and Owens. I don't think they really spelled it out to that degree, but more or less for that title of Triple H's guy. Um, then there was this, uh, during... Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho's partnership. There's a scene, real quick little bit, backstage on Raw, before the Festival of Friendship, where Triple H was talking to Kevin Owens about something. We have no idea what that was. Yeah. We still have no idea what that was. Um, we could speculate that he was essentially telling Kevin Owens that if you want to be, make, keep your spot in the top, you got to get rid of this Jericho guy. Mm-hmm. That would be my speculation. But, but it seemed like they were laying the groundwork for a story that never happened. So we never got that. We never got what we thought was going to be Evolution 2.0. New Evolution. We never got any of that stuff. We were really excited about it. We had a really great scenario for that. We did. It was going to be fantastic. It would have been great. So, there's little seeds for a story they could tell to lead up to a match between the two of them and Mania mm-hmm. if they just started expounding upon it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the match itself would be phenomenal. I think Triple H would go all out. I know Kevin Owens would go all out. When, he's, when Kevin Owens is in the situation where he's in a, a situation where it's, it's a dream scenario for him, like a Hell in the Cell, the two Hell in the Cell matches he's been in, um, you tell that he is geeked out for that, and he goes all out every time. So I think if, he, if he's in a situation where he could face off against Triple H at WrestleMania, it will be phenomenal. It could be fantastic. It's not going to happen. It's going to be Kurt Angle and Triple H, mm-hmm. but one could wish. Yeah, no, I like it. Look, one day, one day, I would really love to see Kurt Angle. I mean, uh, Triple H versus Kevin Owens. I think it'd be fantastic. I do think it's a bummer that they never revisited that. Yeah, Adam Mayhem. Let's see what he has to say. Buenas tardes, friendo universi. Bienvenidos to another edition of Chit Chat with the Champ. Now, Stephen Larson, I have a quick question for you guys. I've been wondering with all this two hundred five live stuff coming up, and now. And how every time that we get a new superstar at 205 Live, it feels like a demotion. Now, what do you guys think would be better for 205 Live? Do you guys think that, you know, having 205 competitors work with 
the rest of the roster uh, would be the best for the actual brand and for people to actually pay attention to them? Or did you guys think, let's say, for example, I don't know, Lucha Dragons get back together, they win tag team belts and SmackDown, and then they voluntarily bring those belts to 205 Live, basically saying like, hey, we don't want to work over there, we want to work over here. Would that be better for the brand, or would crossover be better for the brand? Thank you, friendos. Have a good one. Thank you, Adam Mayhem. All right, so... Um, oh, wait, I go first. Yeah, you go first on this one. I've been saying this for a while, and I'll be consistent. I think the key to a greater success for 205 Live is more crossover between the 205 Live roster and the Raw roster. Um, you know, have uh, 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 tag matches with, I don't know, say, I'm just throwing this out here, so have Seth Rollins and Cedric Alexander take on Neville and Cesaro. That'd be awesome. Maybe have good. that main event the show. The quality of the matches would be great. Um, it would give the the 205 Live competitors a bit of the, the rub from top of, uh, top of the card Raw roster members. Um, it would make the show and the competitors on the show feel just as important as Raw. Because right now, it, it doesn't feel that way. It really doesn't feel that way. Um, and, and also, I would hope if they started uh, uh, crossing over more Raw and 205 Live, 205 Live storylines, it would give people on 205 Live an opportunity to uh, cross over full-time onto Raw and not necessarily be stuck on 205 Live. I mean, I, I, for me, I've said this a hundred times, I feel like. I just want everybody in WWE to be given the, the, or have an opportunity to achieve the greatest success possible. And I feel like if Vince views the cruiserweights uh, as just cruiserweights, and therefore they will just compete on 205 Live, that's closing the door on greater success for all of them. And I don't want that. Because there's a lot of really, really, really talented wrestlers on 205 Live. More crossover between 205 Live and Raw. Uh, it can bring some uh, interesting, uh, bring up some interesting storylines. Have uh, maybe some people on Raw show up on 205 Live, like the example I gave last week of, of Cass serving as Enzo's bodyguard. It's a perfect example of crossover and it's organic, um, and it, it, it would do a lot to uh, enhance both shows, I think, creatively and in terms of the quality of the wrestling. All right, um, I'm gonna break with tradition and uh, reject Adam Mayhem's argument for myself. Because the problem with bringing gold onto 205 Live, I'm not huge into that. Just because at that point, you're sort of like stealing something that doesn't belong to you, and nobody will consider it legitimate if then it's just being defended on 205 Live. Like, he takes the tag team titles, for example. They take those, and they say, okay, we're only going to defend those here on 205 Live. Then you end up, regardless of what you have, have, you end up with the crossover that you're talking about anyways, because at some point, those tag titles are going to go back. You understand that it's only temporary, and it kind of makes 205 Live feel, you know, still not on par. So I'm going to say this. I don't think, and I actually do believe this, I don't think that crossover is necessary. I believe that 205 Live simply has, number one, doesn't really have an issue now because its ratings are pretty good. But if you're going to give us the best 205 Live possible, your Drewtopia, if you will, um, then do what we've suggested a million times over. Put it in its own 500-person uh, 500, uh, venue, um, a small PWG-type atmosphere. Because this is what I've said also. Any number of the matches that you see on 205 Live week to week, if it was in front of 500 people in a small, small venue, they would be off the charts because the crowd would be so into it. 
Treat it in the same manner as you treat NXT. Give it its own set of TV tapings. It doesn't have to be live. Get the live out of it. You can still call it 205 Live because who cares? Um, and, uh, and you know, give it a, a slick rebranding. I like your idea about the Johnny Gargano-esque, like the TV. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah the, the color phase thing. That yeah. looked fantastic. That would look good. So um, that's what you do with 205 Live. <laughs> and then I'm not going to say use it explicitly as a developmental territory, but at that point, if you have somebody who you see – now, your point is this. You say, I want them to come to the WWE and achieve the greatest amount of success as possible. And I totally agree with that. And I think Universal Championship, right now, it's a top title. That should really be everybody's goal, right? Okay, great. We're, agree- we're in agreement on that. A guy like Cedric Alexander, you and I both agree. Now, if you – if you somehow inject some amount of charisma into his character or just give him a character, because I think he has charisma. Oh, yeah. yeah Sometimes it's a, matter, it's a matter of channeling it. Um, I could see him, if he had the right character, he's got all the physical tools and he has the look, I could see him as a big money player down the line. when He's got some years on him mm-hmm. and he's got some character in him. So you don't necessarily use 205 Live as... Um, as a developmental league. However, with NXT kind of developing beyond developmental, you could kind of use 205 Live as a developmental league. And some guys will perpetually be there. For example, I don't really see a place on the main roster for a guy like Jack Gallagher. He's too small. There is a point of non-believability with a guy like that, or even like Noam Dar. I think he's full of charisma. He's also like three feet tall. I just don't really see it on main roster. And so there will be a cutoff of guys that just don't make it to the main roster, and that's okay. It should still be one of the most exciting places to go. And if you stand out as one of the most exciting wrestlers in that venue, then you should be eligible to then go up. Get, yes. hey, let's call up the main roster. Let's see what he can do. You know, let's see what he can do against a certain against a certain wrestler. Um, so that's 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 how I think of. Uh, that's that's the way I think it would be best served for 205 Live um, is to give it its own venue. The problem right now, I think that the biggest issue with 205 Live and how it's perceived by the general audience is that it's piggybacking onto a main roster show and every once in a while they flutter with the main roster, but they really don't. It's just their own segment as advertisement for the main show. If you have this other show that's generating all this huge buzz, I mean, it's... NXT is absolutely WWE's ring of honor. There is no shame in giving them their own PWG as well. It is one of the buzziest independent brands in the country, in the world of wrestling. I think that's the way to go. Okay. Uh, next up from Patrick Sparks. Hey, friendos. Pat here. So, NXT, usually pretty good with their storylines, one of which got abruptly put to the side, uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. So, Whenever Ciampa comes back, they're most likely going to have a heated blood feud that's going to be awesome. But my debate for you today is, Steve, you book Ciampa going over, and why? Larson, you book Gargano going over, and why? Thanks, friendos. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you. Oh, man, who goes over here? Well, Ciampa. You go, you go first. Ciampa's yeah. the psycho killer, man. I mean, here's the thing. He's the villain. He's the bad guy, totally. So he totally shouldn't go over. But, uh, you know, I like it. I, he comes back. And here's the thing. I'd, I would want this feud to exclusively take place in NXT. 
and then Gargano moves on and makes 205 Live better, and Ciampa moves up to Raw. I just feel like Raw fits him. <coughs> Anyways, Ciampa comes back um, maybe thicker, maybe bigger, maybe a bit more of a brawler than like a high-risk taker because of the injury he suffered. You don't want to you know, go back and you don't want to, to re-injure yourself. Um, and he sort of lives up to his psycho killer moniker. I don't think NXT, they ever, did they ever call him that in NXT? Uh, the crowd has. The crowd did. I don't think they, I mean, that's a pretty rough name to, uh, to actually call a guy. And so, um, so I mean, that, that that's what you do. You just have him come back. He's crazy, and he basically ships, he basically beats the crap out of Gargano so much that he ships him off to 205 Live, and Gargano becomes one of the most beloved superstars over there, and Ciampa will maybe forever be the ghost, the specter that haunts him, mm-hmm. and then you revisit it five years down the line. Yeah. You know, maybe there's some sort of brand realignment where they fold 205 Live into, you know, like actually into one of the shows where they disperse the wrestlers and they end up on the same thing, and and you get this like you know super long uh, con with both these guys, and then Gargano eventually. You know, goes over Chompa because he's had all this these years of wisdom that he's had to learn. Right. Yeah, that's fine. That's long term booking. That's something WWE doesn't really do. So Gargano has to go over at the end of their initial feud. Mm-hmm. It has to happen that way. Mm-hmm. The the villain needs their comeuppance. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way they're laying out Gargano's story, where he's haunted uh, by the breakup of DIY. Mm-hmm. Um, if he in the end. Uh, loses the initial feud and is still haunted by this whole thing for mm-hmm. years on end. I mean, it's going to take. I don't. First of all, I don't know if the baby has the patience to book a character like that. It's true, because <coughs> that's still going to be a lot of losing or middling for Johnny Gargano, and he's too good of a wrestler to middle. Mm-hmm. He needs to be a, 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 a quality star who not only puts on great matches but wins some of those matches. Yeah, he can't constantly be haunted by Tommaso Ciampa, so he needs to win this initial feud. On in NXT, um, so I mean, they're I, I feel like the the groundwork they're laying, the, the end result is going to be pretty obvious. Uh, Gargano is is struggling right now. He's having a hard time putting together a series of wins when, against opponents that he should be beating. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, in probably another four to six months, Ciampa's going to come back. They're going to start their feud. I think it's going to go on for a couple takeovers at least. Uh, Ciampa will probably win the first match, but in the end. Gargano has to overcome uh, those ghosts that have been haunting him of DIY so he can propel himself to, to greater success, not only in NXT, but probably on 205 Live, too. Yeah, what you said is the correct answer. That's how it's going to go down. Yes. Next up, Anthony of RetroSode. Let's see what Anthony has to say. Hey, friendos. Anthony from RetroSode here coming at you with my first match chat question. Now, Wrestle Kingdom is turning out to be an amazing card for 2018. WrestleMania, on the other hand... Not so much. Everyone knows it's going to be Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns in the main event for the Universal Championship. And that is why we're going to change things up. As variety is the spice of life, today we're going to be making a new main event. Larson, today I want you to explain why it is best for business that instead of Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar loses that Universal Championship to Kurt Hawkins. Have fun with that one. Steve. On the other hand, I'm going to give you something maybe a little bit less challenging, but I think a little bit more challenging for you. Your favorite wrestler, Captain Charisma himself. Explain why Brock Lesnar has to lose that Universal Championship to Kalisto. Good luck, friendos. Thank you, Anthony. Hey, Anthony. You're a jerk. I don't want to talk about, I got to talk about Kalisto. You got to talk about Kalisto. I like my option. I have to say how Kurt Hawkins 
beats Brock Lesnar. Well, you have kind of a built-in story there. I know. That's what's great about it. So, Kurt Hawkins is, a, is on a losing streak, a massive losing streak. Yeah. Probably 130-some matches now. Yeah. Um, he hasn't been on TV in a while. So, like a lot of, you know, they have to fill out the ranks of the Royal Rumble um, with uh, some mid-carders, some jobbers, because 30 wrestlers is actually quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, he, he, he's a little more prominently featured on Raw, leading up to the Rumble, losing matches. Um, they have the, the, the tracker on the bottom saying, okay, this is, he's now lost 200 matches in a row, whatever it may be. Um, so he's just on TV a bit more. Maybe he'll drop some more promos about the Kurt Hawkins history machine because yeah. he's about to make history. <coughs> yeah. um, losing matches just to keep his face on TV, people familiar with him, uh, but keep him losing. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's in the Rumble. He pops in at, I don't know, 17, something like that. Uh, spends a lot of time just narrowly escaping uh, elimination, somehow manages to find himself in the final four. And maybe nearly by accident, he wins the whole damn thing. And he says, I want Brock Lesnar. Oh. Um, so he is in the main event of WrestleMania against Brock Lesnar. Um, and then he calls in some favors from his past. He calls up Zack Ryder. Ooh, yeah. He calls up the rated R superstar Edge. Edge. Um, they walk him down to his match against Lesnar. They are ringside for the entire match. Mm-hmm. They help him win. Oh, yeah. So his first actual pinfall victory mm-hmm. in God knows how long is against Brock Lesnar. Yeah. He is the new universal champion. Massive pop because he breaks his losing streak. He does it with help the edge, and everybody loves edge. Everybody he loves does edge. Lots and lots of neat things. So many neat things. And people still like Zack Ryder. Yeah, they do. Massive pop. Like a fairy tale ending to WrestleMania 34. That's how you do it. That's like I think that's uh, what they did with Jimmy Havoc. I believe in ICW. I yeah. say I think that I think he like never even hit his finish until he won the title. <laughs> it was great. I think it's something like that. Anyways, uh, I might have got some of that wrong. Um, so Kalisto. So here's what I'm thinking. Right. So we saw a little bit of this when uh, Braun Strowman treated Kalisto literally like the bag of garbage he is, and we all loved it. It was great. Brock Lesnar takes things a little bit even further. Maybe after Brock is done with, uh, let's see. Okay. So uh, how about this? Um, Roman Reigns gets another bout of, like, the super mumps this time. Keeps him out for, like, you know, two years. Man, they need somebody. Here we go. Kalisto. He's been popping ratings over there on 205 Live. So they set up a storyline where uh, Braun Strowman and uh, Kane and Braun Strowman are done with their thing, right? So next up for Kane is, well, I'm going to challenge maybe at the Rumble, I'm going to challenge Brock Lesnar. Kalisto is also in the actual Royal Rumble match. In a surprise finish, he goes over, okay? At that, uh, at that pay-per-view, um, Kane and Brock Lesnar have a, a, an Inferno match, okay? And so um, at one point, Brock Lesnar, who's, you know, fighting Kane, he gets rolled out, or he get, he gets tossed over the top rope, so as to not you know get on get on fire, get put on fire, so he doesn't lose. And he's like, man, this Kane, you know, he's taking some time off. He's a monster. We just saw him decapitate Braun Strowman. I forgot to mention that he decapitates Braun Strowman, but he's okay because he's Braun Strowman, so he just puts his head back on. Brock Lesnar, this is all kayfabe. Brock Lesnar goes backstage, and uh, he's like, man, I really need a weapon to throw at Kane, right? So he goes backstage and picks up Kalisto because mm-hmm. Kalisto's still high off his victory in the Royal Rumble because that went on before the main event. And uh, he picks up Kalisto and Kalisto's like, hey, man, I'm not a projectile up. And he's like, you are now. 
and then Purple Brock Lesnar goes over to Kane, and he throws him at Kane, but Kane ducks out of the way, and instead Kalisto lands in a pit of fire. And so he's like, ah, oh, no bueno, no bueno. But then, like, the fire, like, seals his mouth shut, right? So now he's like, super dark burned Kalisto. Like, now he's Kalisto and Fuego, okay? And so Kalisto and Fuego is going to take on Brock Lesnar for the Universal title at WrestleMania because Brock eventually, you know, he beats Kane at the Inferno match. And then Kalisto, because Kalisto and Fuego, sorry, because he beat or because he won the Royal Rumble, he's going to take on Brock Lesnar at, at WrestleMania. So then he goes in there against Brock Lesnar, but he's so disfigured and messed up that as soon as, Bro- as, as soon as he gets in there, he's like, he doesn't say anything. He can't talk because his mouth is sewn shut. But he, Brock doesn't know that because Kalisto wears a mask. Well, the first thing Kalisto does is, oh, Kalisto and Fuego takes off his mask. And he's just so horrifically scarred and burned on the face that Brock Lesnar violently throws up. His diverticulitis comes back. Oh, dear. Salida Del Sol, new universal champion. All right. Creative. Highly unlikely, however. More likely than yours. Next up, from our good friend, Matthew E. Williams Esquire. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, friendos. So, Jim Cornette once said he had to hide wrestlers that he wanted to keep training because they were green and needed to uh, spend some more time in OVW. And, of course, famously, Bobby Lashley was one of those ones that got sent up too early to him. So, my question regards two other very similar talents. Who would you hide from Vince McMahon more? Who do you feel like has the ceiling that needs to be slowly gotten to? Or, you know, maybe just you want to see them become themselves out in the indies, you know, uh, in New Japan, wherever you feel like. Uh, and feel free to defend it. I'm not going to pick these for you. So, number one, Keith Lee. Number two, Moose. Anyway, since this is a match hat, I expect a spirited debate about who should be hidden from Vince McMahon more, be that for their own development or because you think he might mishandle them. Bye. Thank you, Matthew E. Williams, Esquire. All right, so who does he want to hide from Vince McMahon for fear that Vince is going to uh, not treat him? Or push ways? him too soon. Um, well, Moose, if you want to protect anybody, it's Moose. 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 Um, I'm trying to... Moose is such a, a fully formed wrestler already, though that it's hard for me to think that he needs any more seasoning. But here's the thing with Moose, is that he has the stank of impact all over him. So yes, he does need to go through NXT, where we all know that... Would you get off Cedric Alexander's merch shop? It's a new merch shop. I haven't seen this one before. Anyway, continue. Cool. Um, Moose does need to go through NXT first, in order to get used to how a professional organization is run in professional wrestling, um, so he can build his brand even further. And so, in the end, when he does come up to main roster um, after a year, um, there will be no choice but to instantly put the Universal title on Moose, give him an eight-year run mm-hmm. um, with his manager, Stephen Bonner, yeah. and uh, have him clean out everybody and anything. And then at that point, there's nothing left for Moose to do. He's already beat the Bruno streak. So um, he vacates it. He goes and buys Impact. Yeah. <laughs> no, it went out of business. <laughs> um, 
Now, then Moose lays down the Universal Championship, and then he ascends into uh, another dimension where he will fight for even bigger, greater Moose-themed belts. All right. Uh, Keith Lee. Uh, Keith Lee has been wrestling for a little bit on the Indies. He's in the Ring of Honor uh, for a, a bit, but now he, you know we've seen him at, at a PWG. Yeah, Fantastic. He's great. A lot of buzz about great. Keith Lee, a him. man of his size moving like that, mm-hmm. doing high-flying moves. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't, I don't, I don't exactly know how long he has been wrestling. Um, I don't know what his his mic work is like. I love his "bask in my glory" catchphrase. It's fantastic. Wasn't Keith Lee? Didn't Keith Lee cut a promo on a table for not breaking? I think, like, I want to say it was like a couple weekends ago. At a, he was supposed to put somebody through a table. Oh and yeah. The table didn't. I think he was supposed to put like Sammy Callahan through a table, and it didn't break. And then he got a mic. And he cut a promo on the table for not breaking. Oh, that's fantastic. Anyways, continue. That's fantastic. I think that was Keith Lee. So uh, Keith Lee, it seems like, just based on what I've seen of him, both live and, and, and on video, uh, uh, is going to be a massive star. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it's, it's similar to Moose in that he, uh, kind of one thing he probably needs, and probably more so than Moose, is experience working on a highly produced wrestling production because mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of TV uh, cues you got to hit when you're wrestling in the WWE ring. Um, you know, we saw that when Leo Rush uh, had his first real match in NXT, the ref was talking to him about, you know, looking at the, the A-cam, the hard cam, and things like that. Hard cam. Hard cam. Yeah. And these are things you don't have to worry about in the independent scene. True. Um, so uh, it, between the two options is definitely Keith Lee because Moose has a wealth of experience in Ring of Honor and an impact. Yeah, granted, impact is is kind of a, a run not too well. Uh, but he does have experience on highly produced television shows, and I don't think Keith Lee has quite as much experience on highly produced television shows. He needs that experience. He needs uh, to, to get some reps under his belt on such a high, highly produced show, mm-hmm. and that's why Vince needs to stay away. Uh, Keith Lee needs to, to either get some more seasoning on the indies or, or, or preferably on NXT. I think he'd be awesome in NXT. He'd be great. Awesome. Man. Oh, yeah, that crowd, that full-sale crowd would be behind him big time. Yes. But they're not going to see him. Cause well, we don't know about <laughs> that. Um, so, yes, Keith Lee, Vince, stay away for now. Give him another couple of years. Then maybe. Well, here's the, thing about, here's the thing about Keith Lee is that I'm not sure Vince would appreciate a man of his body type. He might, although these days with Samoa Joe, with Kevin Owens, with Kevin Owens, maybe he would. With Demo, maybe yeah, maybe he would. Maybe Heavy he would. machinery. Next up from our good friendo Martin Garcia. Let's see what Martin has to say. Hello, Steve Rocha, Martin here. I just wanted to. Ask, I was just looking back at WrestleMania 30, from Daniel Bryan winning it to WrestleMania 31 to Seth Rollins cashing it in. My debate question is, would you keep it the same, having the history moment of Seth Rollins winning the title and not even, or would you rather have Daniel Bryan taking it all the way to SummerSlam getting beat by Brock Lesnar, and to have him, this storyline built off of him that he can't beat the Beast, he can't beat the Beast, and then at the end of WrestleMania 31, you see him standing up. A title instead of Seth Rollins. What would you rather have? Thank you, Martin. Thank you very much, Martin. Uh, oh, I go first. You go first. Um, 
Yeah, WrestleMania 31 was Seth won that title. It was probably the, the top markout moment in my entire life of watching wrestling. Something else. Yeah, and it's hard to say I, I wouldn't want that to happen being there. However, I remember how much I marked out when Daniel Bryan won the belt initially at WrestleMania 30, sitting on your chair out there. So to be there in person when Daniel Bryan, you know, in, in Martin's scenario here, Bryan drops the belt, never gets hurt. Brian drops the belt to Lesnar at SummerSlam. Summer, uh, Lesnar has a run from SummerSlam to Mania. So maybe uh, in the lead-up to WrestleMania 31, um, we don't see uh, Roman Reigns winning the Rumble. We see Daniel Bryan winning the Rumble, something we wish we had, we had seen the year prior. Mm-hmm. Um, and and w- WrestleMania 30 was, in a sense, a coronation. It was, a, it, was, it, was, it was an acknowledgement that Daniel Bryan had won over the fan base so much that they were going to put the belt on him. But never really felt like a coronation, I don't feel like. Whereas WrestleMania 31, we could be given that opportunity where Daniel, where Vince says, okay, you're going to be our guy now, Daniel Bryan, and we're going to have you beat Brock Lesnar did to you, prove that point. Did you just say you didn't feel like WrestleMania 30 felt like a coronation? Let me ask you something. Do you think that was because of what happened subs- uh, after that? Or do you feel like the moment itself? Because I felt like the moment itself absolutely felt like a coronation. I felt like... In retrospect, when I look back on it and I see what happened, like the Raw after, I feel like everybody else was celebrated except for him. And that's what makes me feel like it wasn't a coronation. Yeah. I mean, also, I, I think part of the reason why I didn't really feel or don't feel like it was a coronation is because is I felt like the company had their arms twisted to make it happen. Oh, yeah. It's I not, like, it's not yeah. what they wanted. Yeah. And if they, you know, a coronation is like Vince want, has been wanted uh, Reigns to be coordinated like 10 times already. Yeah. That's something he wants. Yeah. He wants to deem Reigns the next top guy of the company. My only counter to that would be, but they actually did do it. And they're not going to, they, were their arms twisted? Yeah. But I felt like they really, well, I don't know. But then you, you look back on, you look, I, yeah, like the, 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 the direct aftermath. I mean, on certain episodes of Raw, he felt like an afterthought. Yeah, I know. I know. So if you, if you want him to, if you designate him as your top guy, he's front and center. Yeah, you're right. And, he, and his first feud is not against Kane. Yeah, I understand he and Kane have back, you know, backstory and history. Nonetheless, mm-hmm. that's not really first feud after winning title material. Yeah. Um, like you said, WrestleMania 31, we were both there. We were there with Hilton, and uh, it was one of the biggest markout moments. Probably the biggest markout moment in my wrestling life. I'll agree with you on that one as well. Um, hard to say I'd ever want to change that. Hard to think that Daniel Bryan... Daniel Bryan was so amazing. He was so fantastic. Um, and... But the problem was... I could never dissociate him with the guy who was injured... At the biggest moments, you know, like he ended up and it just it sucked. It just it sucked because he was so damn good. But even when they pushed him for the IC title after he came back that first time, it just felt like, man, we're just kind of waiting for him to get injured again. And then it happened. And I can never disassociate that from him. Um, So would I give up? I mean, I, I felt that WrestleMania 30 was. A big enough moment for him. Um, did it feel like coronation in retrospect, looking back on it because of what happened afterwards? You're absolutely right. It didn't. I feel like because they, they could, I'll put it this way. They could have booked him to win Mania 30 
in a really weak fashion. But man. Oh no! Yeah, he he won in in strong fashion. In strong. It wasn't fashion. like he stumbled into it or accidentally won. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so I think that was a really really great moment for him. Had he not been injured, I still like the idea of Seth Rollins having his own moment because it's distinctly, I mean, because it's a different guy, it's a distinctly different moment. Um, the fact that it happened on Roman Reigns, um, that Seth Rollins was, you know, at the time the best wrestler in the company. Um, I mean, if, you know, I, I would love to go back and, you know, and not have Daniel Bryan injured because yeah. it just means we would have had a lot of Seth Rollins versus Daniel yep. Bryan. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, good question, though. Thank you. Yes. Next up from Michael Berry. What's up, friendos? Got a question for the debate. So, we always talk about how awful of a decision it was for David Arquette to win the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. So, my question for you guys is, who, what movie star would be the best current day WWE champion? Obviously, let's take The Rock, John Cena, Ronda Rousey. Like, the obvious answer's out. And give me a movie star that would be the most, just the best WWE champion Day. Thank you, Michael Berry. Thank you, Michael Berry. Man, I went through a couple different guys. Um, what did you decide on? Yeah. Who did you decide on? Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. Terry Crews. Yeah, this is a great answer. Terry Crews is awesome. He's charming. He's charismatic. He's funny. He has gravitas. Yeah. Uh, he has an athletic background. He played football. He also played a professional wrestler in Idiocracy, President Camacho. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, he, <laughs> he was all, always holding himself. God damn it, he was so good in that. Um, He's great in Brooklyn Nine Nine too. Have you ever watched that show? No, I haven't watched. I mean, uh, the, it's amusing. The first, the first time I remember seeing him was in uh, that Chris Rock sitcom where he played Chris oh, yeah, Rock's yeah, dad, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he was incredible in that. Oh, he's great. He's incredible in everything. Yeah, Terry Crews would make an awesome wrestler. He'd make an awesome champion. Yeah. God, you, I mean, you kind of win this off the bat, to be honest with you. Um, I'm going to go with a different choice. I'm going to go with my Daniel Bryan of, of Hollywood. I'm going to go with John Boyega. Um, they tapped this guy to be, number one, if you've ever seen him in interviews, he's got all the charisma in the world. Yeah, he does. But they tapped him to be the relatable guy in the biggest sci-fi franchise resurgence of all time in the new Star Wars movies. He's the guy that is... The fans, you know what I mean, and he's about to to be the lead in the Pacific Rim mm -hmm. sequel, mm -hmm. and so I think he's stepping into the leading man sort of type. I never did see he was in uh, was it the raid? No, what was he in? He was in what was he in before? Oh, was it uh, something the block? Attack, Attack the block. Attack the that, block. Yeah. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, I never did see that. I heard, saw it. Heard it was good. Was it was good? okay. It was aliens, right? Yeah. Okay. Was it a British movie? Uh-huh. Okay. That's why I got confused with the raid. Because I never saw the raid either. Um, so anyways, I'm going to go with John Boyega. I think he's I think he's a guy that... Every, what you want in wrestling is like that Daniel Bryan type. Everybody can see themselves as that person. Everybody wants to see themselves as that person. I think he'd be great as an underdog, uh, a massively over underdog face. I'm going to go with John Boyega. Nobody beats Terry Crews, though. Terry Crews is great. Terry Crews is great. Next up from A.O. Worm. Let's see what A.O. Worm has to say. Hey, friends. What's going on? It's your boy A.O. Worm. I'm back with another match chat debate. All right, guys. I'm going to give you all a male superstar, a female superstar, and a tag team from NXT. 
And I want to debate where all three of them, all three of them will go, either Raw or SmackDown. The male superstar is Velveteen Dream. The female superstar is Ember Moon. And a tag team would be Danny Burch and Orny Lorcan. Where will all three of them go? Like, they have to go to one brand. All three of them have to go to one brand, Raw or SmackDown. And I want you guys to debate that. Okay? And go. Thank you, AOM. Thank you. So we have to choose which brand all of these... They all go to. They all go to this one brand. Because I went first last time, you go first. It's now. SmackDown. It's absolutely SmackDown. Look, I know what you're going to say. SmackDown doesn't have a great record with NXT call-ups, and you're absolutely right about that. Right now, in my opinion, minus AJ Styles, Raw is the top show uh, on uh, from the of the two of them. Uh, and partially because of how they treat the new people bring, coming in. You saw it with Samoa Joe. You saw it with Finn Balor. You saw it with Braun Strowman. They treat... New guys like a million bucks. I think they're going to do good with Oscar as well. You forgot Elias. Oh, talk about being it like handling and just seeing perfectly, perfectly, perfectly. However, SmackDown needs. They were traditionally the place where the interesting characters go because the writers knew what they were doing with them. I know that isn't the case now. However, um, I just feel like SmackDown is a better fit. Number one, SmackDown. I know I just said Raw is the top show, but SmackDown still on a week-to-week basis is, is, is very entertaining. And I'm not sure how far you can steer the Velveteen Dream off course. I mean, what, how can they ruin the Velveteen Dream? Well, there's a million ways you can ruin the Velveteen Dream, huh? Um, let me see here. Danny Burton Lorcan. Let me try it with them. Uh, they're, they're more difficult. They're to, difficult to steer off course. Yes. And I kind of prefer their tag team division. Their tag team division, Raw's already has Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch. They're called Seamus and Cesaro. Yeah, imagine the great matches they put on the four of them. Yeah, but I'd rather see Danny Burch and Oni Lorcan like, take on the Usos. Okay. Fun. okay. And it's not as redundant. Um, so I like that. Uh, SmackDown, oh, SmackDown has always been better at giving their women's division more limelight. I mean, granted, they do a lot of six-pack challenges and five-way, fatal five-ways. But uh, that bodes well for Ember Moon. I think Ember Moon would be great there on SmackDown. Uh, and then Velveteen Dream. I don't know. I think it'd be great to see Vel- Who wouldn't want to see Velveteen Dream versus Shinsuke Nakamura? That'd be great. That would be great. That'd be fantastic. Oh, I agree. Yeah, that'd be good. Anyways, that's what I got. Based on recent history, Raw has handled uh, NXT comps vastly, vastly better. Give me some, give me some examples. Oscar. Uh, yeah, okay. Apart from the first match with Emma. Yeah, two matches with Emma. Yeah, uh, The Revival. Held them well until they kept getting hurt. Okay, that was really soon after they, they came Yeah, back. it was like pretty much a week after. It's basically just Joe. And Finn. Yeah. Well, Finn got injured. And yeah, that's not his fault. They, they dropped him out to Kane, though. I know, but they put the universal title on him right away. That's true. So, Elias. I think the track record... Yeah, Elias. <laughs> the track record of NXT Calls on Raw is way better. Um, the writing well, lately on Raw has been better than on SmackDown. That's true. For the most part. Um, Velveteen Dream... Would be awesome on Raw. Uh, you mentioned Lorcan and Birch against Sheamus and Cesaro. That is a redundancy. No, I want to see it <coughs> because it's going to be hard hitting. Not to mention, if the revival ever comes back, revival versus Birch and yeah, Lorcan. That'd be good. That would be great. Um, even against the Shield, if they're still a, a team by that point, that would be great too. Velveteen Dream. And then with Ember Moon going to Raw, she at some point uh, will have matches against uh, Bailey. Sasha Banks, and eventually uh, we can kick up their feud with her feud with uh, Oscar again at some point. Oh wait, no, I, I just came up with a new point. What? 
Here's the thing about Raw. Raw's top heavy. Double Team Dream wouldn't fit in there because there's too much going on in the men's division. There's too See, much. I would have thought that there. with Elias, but Elias has carved himself out a nice little uh, place on the show. You like a comedy niche? It's still entertaining, and it's something is in its regular time slot. He's getting over. We've seen right now Velveteen Dream. He's that is not a comedy angle. No, They're, that is not a comedy angle. That is a oh, this is a crazy angle. I feel like that'd work better on SmackDown. I feel like it only honestly, I feel like it only works good on NXT. I don't feel like any either show really was going to handle Velveteen Dream all that great. Yeah, I, wonder Vince, I wonder if Vince has seen any of the Velveteen Dream versus Aleister Black. I don't know. And what he thinks about it. I don't know. <laughs> I, wonder if, I wonder if Triple H is just like, God, I hope he didn't see this. I hope he didn't see this. Because as soon as he says, hey, I got a great idea for this. I know. And it's like horribly offensive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next up from Daniel Bryan. Let's see, what, let's see what Brian Danielson has to say. Hey, friendos. Daniel Bryan here. With Survivor Series upon us, and we're in the second year of the brand split now, and WWE's TV deal being renewed in a couple of years, do you think they'd ever do something crazy like maybe put the Monday night time slot on the line for Survivor Series? Steve, you pick your side. Larson, you pick yours. Thanks, Randos. Thank you, Daniel Bryan. Uh, oh, I go first. Do you... Uh... No, no, <laughs> no, that's never going to happen. It's Monday Night Raw. It will always be yeah. Monday Night Raw. That spot is never going to be up for grabs under any circumstance. <laughs> it's been, Raw's been on that time slot for 25 years. It's not changing. So long as WWE is a company, that show, Raw, will be on Monday nights in perpetuity. Um, and it probably will be the case until the world ends. The question wasn't, should they switch time slots? It shouldn't be on the line of Survivor Series. And the question is, yes. No, the answer is yes. yes. The answer is yes, yes, yes. Because they're not going to do it. But put it on the line. Give it's it some problem. They put it on the line. The people like, stay. everybody's going to know. Oh, there's no way in hell that's happening. You never know. You're, you never you're, know. You're just saying what the outcome of that match is instantly. Because Raw is always going to be on Monday night. Always. I don't know, man. If you start leaking out some misinfo... To our friendos at Wrestle Talk mm. or uh, PW Insider, yeah, that Vince is really thinking about shaking things up and putting SmackDown on Monday to try to boost SmackDown's ratings. <laughs> oh man, not put it on the line. Why not? It's not going to happen. If you're telegraphing the finish, though. They already telegraphed the finish. But then Cornell's going to get fired if mm. they don't win. Oh, they're probably not going to win. Yeah, they're probably not going to win. Oh wow. You thought they telegraphed? It? I never thought that. There's ways they can get around it. Mm. Yeah, now there are, because Triple H is there. But you, he wasn't there before. So I know, were, but I'm not. I'm not going to say wrong, right as soon as they. No, I never said that. Them that Steph saying that he's going to get fired if he loses was telegraphing the finished match. I never agree. No, I, never I know, that. I know. But you were wrong <laughs> saying that they could write things around it. Back then, now you're right because Triple H. Oh match. gosh. Next up from Christian. We'll see what Christian has to say. What's up, friendos? It's Christian here with my first ever match chat question. Super excited to do this. I've been supporting you guys for a while. What's up, guys? My question to you guys is, there's a problem in the WWE, and that problem is death in the women and tag divisions. So my question to you is, should the woman go on one show and the tag on the other show? One of you has to make the case that that should be the case, that they should spread them out. It, and the other has to has to be the case that it's fine the way it is. 
personally, I decided that it should be one-on-one on the other show. It gives people more exposure and things like that. Uh, thank you, guys. Um, yeah. Thank you, Christian. Thank you. So, oh, and welcome to yes. the Matt Chat. Yes, thank you. First time question. Um, I don't... I'm going to argue for yes, even though this is one of those that I don't actually agree with it on. Yeah. Um, I guess I guess you can argue yes. They should split up. They, they should put the women all on one show and all the men on one show. Oh, no, the tag team. I'm sorry, all the tag teams on one show. Um, so that... You can shake things up. I mean, each division at that point would have tons of depth, and depth is never a bad thing, you know. You can then introduce a women's mid-card belt. Uh, I'm not sure if there's enough tag teams to go around for a tag team mid-division belt. I don't no, know you, want, you wouldn't want that. No. But you can introduce the women's t- uh, mid-division. Here's the thing, too. Yeah, that's not a good argument to make. Yeah, the answer is probably no. Go ahead and tell us why, Larson. Um, I, will, I will make one point uh, for yes. Uh, since you didn't, um, I don't think because uh, Christian mentions the depth of each division. I don't think the the women's division on either show or both shows suffer from a lack of depth. Yeah, especially considering uh, on Raw or sorry SmackDown, especially the time limitations the show has only two hours, and they do the best they can with their the seven women they have in their division to give them as much TV time as possible. A lot of six pack challenges. Yeah, uh, tag divisions on both shows, however are slide on depth. Yeah. Um, nonetheless, that's not a reason to merge divisions on separate shows. Here's one thing that I would advocate for. What? Oh, come on. This isn't a normal back and forth thing. I've already conceded the point. Um, there is a lot of uh, speculation going into the Mae Young Classic as to whether they would do their own like Shimmer-esque yes. uh, all-women's show or Women of Honor-esque all-women's show on the WWE Network I think that's a decent idea. Given how many people they've signed, you're talking about like there's a lot of depth in both divisions mm-hmm. on both shows. There is. That's totally true. To the point that it'd be kind of hard to fit five more people, five more women on each show. Yeah. Why not give, you know, do a, an entire women's show on the WWE Network, you know? And then call up people from there, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, treat all your network shows, NXT, 205 Live, the women's division show, the UK division show, they're all, make them all developmental. And it's not a knock on you if you don't ever get called up. That's, I think, probably one of the things that that they need to get over with NXT is this idea that the call-up is the end-all, be-all. Is I know. the end-all, be-all. I know. That's, that's the thing. It's like you, you, you should and could have people who are... <laughs> always in NXT and have a great fulfilling career always in NXT. I don't think yeah. that's such a that shouldn't be such a bad thing. No, I agree. And I think part of that too is is they gotta elevate NXT to to seem a bit more in line with Raw and SmackDown as opposed to strictly a developmental. Have someone like Bobby Roode, let's throw his name out there, that isn't called up. Mm-hmm, yeah. Just have him there and be the anchor of that show. Yeah. Well I mean we saw that Shinsuke was on there forever. Yeah. He was on there for a very long time. And uh, and he did. He served as sort of the anchor of that show. There isn't really like a true anchor right now necessarily. Uh, you could maybe say Drew, but he won that title so recently. Well, he's been there. He, you know, he showed up less than a year ago too. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I mean, at this point, if there's an anchor, it's like, you know, Authors of Pain. They've been there, I think, like... Plus, like or like Oni Lorcan. He's been there for a while. Yeah, but, you know. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Anyways, good question. Um, we have one last one from Daryl the Cat, Takahashi. Let's see what he has to say. What's good, Stephen Larson? Many friendos out there. It's the cat, Daryl Takahashi. My question for Matt Chat this week is, do you feel if CM Punk decided, you know what, I don't need WWE. I'll stay in the Indies around, what, 2004, 2005, when he was deciding whether to stay in the Indies or WWE. But the point is, do you feel if he stayed in the Indies, would he still be wrestling today? Thanks, boys. Thank you, Daryl. Thank you, Daryl. Uh, I'll go first on this one. Yes. I think CM Punk absolutely would still be wrestling. Do you know why? Why? Because in the independent wrestling world, you can set your own schedule. You can do your own thing. If you want to take a weekend off or a couple weekends off, like we've recently seen with the Young Bucks, who sat a couple New Japan and Ring of Honor shows out, you can do that and spend time with your family. Why did CM Punk leave? Because of burnout. On the independent because circuit... Because he wanted to be a mixed martial artist. Because of burnout. And so on the independent circuit, you can do that. There is a 50-some-odd-year-old man who just retained his NWA World Championship by the name of Tim Storm. It had the wrestling world all abuzz just this past weekend from Championship Wrestling in Hollywood. And I think CM Punk could have been the next Tim Storm, Larson. And I think that would have been fantastic. Pretty sure Tim Storm is also a school teacher. So CM Punk could have been school teaching on the side as well. I think that's a great career path to follow. Could have been CM Punk, but instead now he decided to go into the UFC and get murdered. Yeah, I think if he was an independent wrestler, that might have happened sooner. No way. Absolutely not. He said for a while. It's all fake there. What are you talking about? What's fake? The wrestling. Yeah. What what were you talking about? No, I think he would have gotten to MMA sooner if he was on the NDC. He could have done that and then left the indie scene. He wouldn't have been, or and then left MMA once he got murdered and go back into indie wrestling, which now he's not going to do because he'll think it's hypocritical. And he's got too much of an ego. No, he could do indie wrestling now. He just could go back to WWE. No, he could do indie wrestling. I don't think he's going to because no, he not. would view it as hypocritical. Okay. But he, I, I feel like, because if he were still wrestling, that'd be almost 20 years in the indies. Not a lot of people do that. Well, I was trying to think about that because here's the thing. I, the answer is probably no here. Um, do we know of anybody who's... I mean, okay, we don't really consider New Japan... In, we don't consider New Japan indie. No. Um, is there anybody who has been wrestling well, let's think from of, that class? Let's, let's think of some of his, his that contemporaries. That New Japan. Colt Cabana, who wrestles a little bit, but mostly does announcing for Ring of Honor. Yeah. Um, you have Chris Hero, who's in NXT, but he's younger yeah. than CM Punk. Um... Uh, I mean, Adam Pierce. He was Ring of Honor. Yeah, he's an agent backstage now. Yeah. Um, Jamie Noble. He was in Ring of Honor on the same time Punk was. He's an agent as well. Yeah, and he had an extended run in WWE. Yeah. yeah. Um, Samoa Joe, Brian Danielson. Yeah. Um, Necro Butcher. Okay. I mean, he had a feud with Raven. Jimmy Jacobs. Yeah. Oh, wait, now I'm thinking of Seth Rollins. Yeah, Seth Rollins. Uh, um... The Briscoes, Ring of Honor, New Japan. Yeah, but they got started when they were, like, super young. Yeah, they did. They're babies. Super, super, super young. I mean, if anything, maybe he would have just gone. But he would have, I mean, dude, CM Punk, he was he was bad well, at WWE. No, I know. Here's the thing, though. If, if, if he, I feel like if he weren't wrestling and hadn't ever gone to WWE, he might have segued into uh, maybe operating his own promotion or... 
or booking for somebody else or something like that. I think he'd still probably be in the business. Probably would have done MMA sooner. Yeah. Given himself a better shot. Yeah. But I think once he finished that, he probably would have hopped back into into pro wrestling. Depends how old he was and if he really cared enough about it at that point. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What if? It's a what if situation. A WW, it may be a WWF for another day. Yes, wrestling. What if? <laughs> exactly. Anyways, thanks everybody for your great Patreon uh, videos. And if you guys want to be involved in the show, please hit us up on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. And uh, you can look at our various reward tiers. And at the $20 a month tier, you can get on the show as well every single week. And uh, let us know what you guys think in the comments. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.